Koto and welcome to episode two of What's Your Gem? Conversations about what makes us happy over a cup of tea and a gem scone. My guests uh, for episode two are Blair and Satine and I'm talking to them about their work and experiences in the New Zealand sex industry. They're part of a show coming up in Fringe called Paying For It and I'll include a link to that event in the notes of this episode so you can find out even more about it. Uh, two disclaimers here. One is that um, we are, of course, talking about the sex industry, and so we talk about and acknowledge the existence of sex. Uh, I hope that part's obvious. Second thing, there's a part later on in the interview where I asked them about something they mentioned called sexual sur- surrogacy, and afterwards they let me know that they're not quite sure that they use the right language around that. So if there's any experts out there that can advise and let me know if there were things I need to correct, um, I'd really love to hear from you and get a better understanding of it. The last thing I want to do is knowingly be putting out stuff that's not right but I'm pretty sure that how can I be sure it seemed pretty okay to me but I would love a second opinion if anyone out there has one anyway here is uh, episode two have a lovely listen cheers Um, this is my second interview. I'm pretty sure it'll be the second podcast. Um, so that's good. And I'm with Blair and Satine. Yes. How Hi. are you both? <laughs> good. good. Are you enjoying your tea leaf tea? It's real great. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Great. That's really great. It's nice to just get a little sponsor drop in there. Mm. Thanks, tea leaf tea. You're really lovely. Yay. Although we did work out that um, I didn't have like an Earl Grey version of any of the teas. And I'm a big Earl Grey lover. And I'm like, how did I overlook that? I'm going to go and buy myself some tea. They had a really good one that was all green. I can't remember what it was. Is it the Earl Blue? It's, I don't know. I got it from my mum because I wanted to get her tea. But like, I basically went in there and was like, hi, what's the fanciest tea that you can give to like a 50 year old woman who doesn't (laughs) like anything fancy and just drinks bell tea? And they gave me one and it was really good. It was like white needle or something. Ooh, yum. Yeah, it was really good. And she drank it once and never again. Perfect. Yeah. As mums do. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now your jam is... Uh, linked to an upcoming show yeah. during the Fringe Festival, which is lovely to do, but it's called Paying For It. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yep, Passing the buck, um, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Paying For It, an insider's guide to the New Zealand sex industry, is having its premiere, debut. Well, we haven't done it before, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, premiere, great. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> um, and we're really super excited to be a part of it. Uh, basically, it's just telling stories from people involved in the sex industry and mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the what the fuck of what it means to be working in the New Zealand sex industry. Can I swear? Yeah, you totally can. Okay. I great. just had an explicit tag on it and it's fine. Okay. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is great. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, so true life stories told by real life yep. sex workers yep. on stage in the Fringe Festival. Correct. That's yeah. awesome. And how long have each of you been involved in the sex industry? Um, in terms of, because I'm currently a prostitute, mm-hmm. been working as a prostitute for three and a half years, mm-hmm. but before that did porn for like two and a half or two or something, so like collectively about six years, but yeah, d- depending on the facets, like I've worked as receptionist in a brothel, porn, prostitution, worked in a gay sauna mm-hmm. for a while. So just like was the gay sauna administrative role as well, or I'm um, kind of it was like bar badminton basically because they were also a brothel, mm-hmm. and I was just friends with the owners, and so whenever they needed something, they're like, hey, hey, Blair, go do that. Cool, thanks. Yeah, and great. Like, All right. 
Right. Yeah, that's interesting. You, you forget that there's like administrators. Yeah. There's, there's a whole team of people in the background making it all happen. Yeah. And what about you? Um, I've been in the industry for about five or six years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I currently manage and run the bookings for a nationwide strip agency, mm-hmm. uh, as well as working as an escort under a different name here in Wellington. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and I've done um, some light dom work as well in the past. Wow. So there's quite a range of, of things on offer in yeah. Wellington. So both, in both of your careers have been in Wellington, um, mostly? I worked for a year in Auckland as well, Oh yeah. apart from that year. That's fascinating because like you never, I mean, there's the, there's the public things that we can see of the sex industry, which is like calendar girls and stuff, calendar girls and dream girls and licks when it used to be there. That's long <laughs> gone, right? Like it's yeah. long gone. <laughs> Way gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, good one, Jen. Um, and then, uh, you know, like the brothels that you see on Vivian street when you're like, oh yeah, that's Il Bordello. Hot and, tub, it's not just Vivian street. Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's what I was going to say. Those, <laughs> those are the ones that people, that, that you can see on like sort of main streets that you go, yes, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. And then there's all the other stuff. Yeah, because the ones that are sort of the ones people see are the walk in and like get a girl basically because they're not by appointment. Because mm-hmm. the ones because I've had so many people be like, oh yeah, no, my apartment used to be a brothel. I'm like, so did every like place <laughs> in Wellington effectively. Like, yeah. they're everywhere. Like, I don't know. My favorite at the moment is there's one on the bottom of Cuba Street, which is now like student apartments that used to be a brothel. Uh-huh. And every now and again, I can like see into the like the room I used to use all the time. Yeah, I just see people chilling out, like playing like PS4 or something, just being like, "Yeah, you have no idea what happened in there." <laughs> but like the Brussels people see, and other ones that are like the walk-in ones, the but... ones who want to be seen, yeah, like the ones who are like, "We want you to know where we are, so that yeah. you come to us when you go." Hmm. You know what? I want to. I'm going to yeah, go. When and... you're like walking town three in the morning, being like, "Do I want a kebab or a sex worker?" Like, <laughs> One of the two. Both are delicious. <laughs> yeah. will satisfy me in different ways. <laughs> What's some of the biggest misconceptions that people have around, around your work that you've had to deal with? I think some of the biggest misconceptions are just that everyone is either a drug addled junkie who's doing it because they have no choice and mm-hmm. no other option in life. Mm-hmm. or that we're all high-class, pretty women scenario. You know, there's no there's no real middle ground. And mm-hmm. for, honestly, 98% of workers, we're all on the middle ground. We're just normal people mm-hmm. doing a job. There's no, you know, there's no daddy issues or drug dependencies or yeah. anything like that. It's just work. It's just a job, yeah. Mm. It, that's interesting as well, like getting into daddy issues because that's a very – so something about that the other day about how misogynist that is and like assuming that like <laughs> like you, you, it's and also it's like going so there was a man that treated you badly and we're gonna make fun of you for it I know. instead of it's the father it's such a weird thing it's <laughs> like everyone wants to jump on the daddy issues bandwagon in regards mm-hmm. to sex workers but it's like why would you blame the sex workers <laughs> why, why not blame yourself as a man <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but no, it's, that's a really huge misconception and it's totally not like that for the majority of people. I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself and those that I know. But Yeah, because I've got mother issues, not daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. But also like kind of the thing comes down to is like who doesn't have issues with their parents? Just because we're exactly. in like the sex industry, that makes it more relevant, yes. which makes it weird. And I, I guess the same with drug issues as well. I mean, there are people with high stress jobs mm. who become drag addicts or alcoholics to deal with that stress and it's not about what the job is it's about what the job's done lawyers police officers yes doctors you know 
anyone from any walk of life can have a drug addiction or be an alcoholic that's fine but the minute you're a sex worker it's because of your job not because of any other external factors Mm. it must be your job which is Mm. complete shit yeah it's Mm. like i think people think that like when you start up in the sex industry you get like this pack that just has like you know like needles and bongs or whatever (laughs) in it like because i've met so many like chefs who are just like you know like they'll finish their job get absolutely smashed get high and then go back to work and it's fine but Mm. it's just sorry they're just like that's just oh they were in a high stress job so that's their release yeah but for us it's like if we went and got drunk after like i don't know an overnight booking where you're just like sitting there listening to someone talk about like stocks for 12 hours and then you go and get drunk after because eh. that's has that been a job you've had yep (laughs) (laughs) so boring so they just wanted someone to talk to oh no like there was other stuff in there oh okay right yeah Yeah. like i had to do stuff with my feet it was a whole palaver but for the most part he was talking about his daddy issues which is fun um he was just this awful guy who was just very high class called mumsy and daddies and just yeah, but, like, after basically listening to this guy talk of what the equivalent of, like, white bread would be, he just, yeah, I went, went and got drunk. Yeah. Which, if that was any other job of you had a really hard day at work and then you went and got drunk, that's fine. That's just, like, self-care or something. But <laughs> if it's... Self-destructive self-care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, alcoholism and all that, like, all those things, they're, they're kind of their own problem. They're mm. outside of... Yeah, they're not inherently related to the sex industry, but people like to make a very strong correlation between the two, which may or may not exist. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And it's probably, I mean, uh, because in New Zealand, sex work is decriminalized. It's, it's, I'm I'm double checking this, decriminalized, not legalized? There's a difference. Yeah, so it was um, illegal until 1994, Mm -hmm. 93, I can't remember. Fact check. We'll get the exact dates later. (laughs) I can't. Quite remember. It's, it's right. something in the early nineties. This, this then... podcast is about people, not about facts. We're sort of so I can just make up whatever I want now. Yeah, but so um, in the nineties, it's yeah. not being illegal. And from what I remember, because I was like, you know, two, um, <laughs> like basically, Maybe. people were getting caught up, and one, like you know, you were a sex worker, you were going to get fined or jailed for it, mm. but then also getting called out for not paying tax on it. And you're like, hang on. Yeah, so people were like, hang on, wait one minute. And so then that was sort of the starting and there was a bunch of people like um, Flora something who's, I should know her name, um, Brothlone in Auckland and a bunch of other people who were just these massive advocates for it. Mm-hmm. And then it became decriminalised, which I f- my own personal opinion is that it became decriminalised because the government couldn't be like, yeah, sex work, but they could be like, yeah, not charging or not prosecuting sex work. Yeah. So I think that's the difference, like... As opposed to, like, mm. fully legal. Yeah. And it's, it's regulated to an extent, Yeah, surely. it's totally fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Completely regulated. Yeah, yeah. So yeah there's um, NZPZ, which is government-funded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And PATS. Yeah. Mm. Which is New Zealand Prostitute Collective, mm-hmm. and they help out. They're sort of more aimed at new workers, but mm-hmm. they do things like, you know, health screenings, talking, um, like, being able to give people, like, condoms and dental dams and sponges and whatever else you need for work. Yeah, it's advocacy and support yeah. for people in this industry, which is something that most industries have or should have yeah so yeah it's that it feels like the only major difference is social stigma yeah basically yeah Yeah. pretty much like i think and working hours yeah (laughs) pay rates (laughs) (laughs) i remember they're like someone at university was like yeah i work this many hours a week 
stripping and mm. that's it while they were studying and i was like that's spectacular like mm. just the income oh, yeah because especially if you have other commitments like university like mm. you can work two hours and effectively make the scene of working a 40 hour week at pack and save so like why yeah, wouldn't for, you yeah for like studying purposes it's something you're well not why wouldn't okay you but with. like yeah but then there's also the thing that the money is never guaranteed mm. you yeah, know you can't true. you can't go to the club and guarantee x amount of income you can't be on call at a brothel and guarantee that you'll get however mm. many jobs that you need to pay your bills so some weeks you'll be flush other weeks you won't mm. and it just comes down to luck so there's not the there's no there's no positions anywhere where you're on salary or anything like no. that Nothing oh if like you that. were to be um administrative roles yeah you know right if you're if you're on the bookings phone or if you're doing the admin for a club or something you know mm-hmm. office job then yeah, yeah you'd get a pretty regular office income. work but yeah. then then it's just like any other admin job yeah yeah so. <laughs> that's interesting i think that's probably yeah something i you don't really think about is just that like the the payouts can be bigger but the guarantee is yeah, lower there's so. absolutely no guarantee and you know you get sick there's no sick pay there's no holiday pay yeah you know you have an accident or are unable to work for any reason um being a female you know i use my body to work and if i if i have any sickness or you know like if i get thrush or something that happens to women just all the time then the i time. can't work yeah that's so that must be agonizing you're just like because yeah, not well, only do you have thrush i know which is the worst <laughs> but you can't work yeah oh, man. so there's all of those sort of considerations that you have to take into it as well um yes ups and downs yeah um and if it's i guess i mean we're we're here so why not ask but what what got both of you into the industry what was what's your motivation for being being there and staying there um i got into it because i needed to pay rent yeah had a contract job and wasn't finding any work was talking to an escort and was like let's just try this and then really loved the job and didn't leave it for like three and a half years yeah yeah that's Which, awesome so you were basically like, that it was just you like gave it a try and liked it so yeah. it's the best job i've ever had to be honest like I really enjoy it and so it's like i like this job it gives me the freedom to do things that i like outside of work mm-hmm. i'm not tied down to an office i don't have to deal with office politics mm-hmm. and yeah just basically i liked it i wanted to pay rent because that's the thing i like to do yeah having a house <laughs> yeah having like home. right bills and like you know being able to buy things like mm-hmm. it's great and yeah i just enjoyed it so i stayed great and mm-hmm. and similar for you yeah i was i have a lot of different jobs mm-hmm. <laughs> um so I started doing admin for a um, for my employer, and they started up the strip company. Mm-hmm. So I just took on that and ran with that. And then I entered the industry as an actual physical worker as well because mm-hmm. I like money and I'm not bothered. I don't have any huge emotional resonance with sex. It mm-hmm. doesn't. It's not so much of a personal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can compartmentalize it. So I did that and had no problems great that's that's something that people bring up is that oh you know sex is such an emotional you're giving that part of yourself (laughs) you're giving away your body and you're like no i'm having sex with people Mm. when i have sex with my husband i'm not giving away my body to him i'm just having sex with my husband but i mean there's there's a line between performing a physical service where you're not emotionally invested Mm. and having sex in your personal life where you are emotionally invested they're two very different things i can imagine being a chef you cook just day to day but Mm. making your favorite meal for your 
for your family yeah. is a very different experience. Yeah, exactly. So and it's, you, it's easy to make those separations between mm, them. Yeah. Funniest things that have happened. Like, what are the things that make you go, oh my God, I love my job? We've got a couple of stories that are in the show. Mm-hmm. Like, my all-time funniest story is in the show, so I'm not going to say it You here. don't want to say it now. Have you got a backup funniest story? A backup funniest story. <laughs> you can go first. I'll think of a backup. Um, infantilism or Joffrey? Which Joffrey. One? Joffrey. What? <laughs> um, so, when I was working in Auckland, I got booked for a dom gig. Mm-hmm. So... It was really fun for... Like, you were the dom or they were the dom? I was the dom. You were. Yeah. They Great. don't sub ever. <laughs> Good to know. Great. Yep. It's um, very hard to find a professional sub because of safety reasons. Oh, yeah, I like, could imagine. Yeah. There are a couple, but also there is just so many regulations because mm. it is easier to be able to inflict pain, pain onto someone who is paying than have pain inflicted because there is that line of like, you're here for the client, so you should... but. It just gets really messy and complicated. Yeah, to know that they're mm. going to respect the limits. Cause yes. I guess if you're the one, mm. if you're the top and you're respecting their limits, it's a lot yeah, like if safer, If you're a doming, it's a lot easier to be able to be like, like you don't have to do it your way, you can do it their way. Because mm. the sub should always be in control. Yeah, absolutely. But if, yeah, it just gets really messy if you're trying to sub for work. So I can imagine. Very few people do it. Yes. Um, so you were... So yeah, hi. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and it was really fun for a while. He was like this English teacher... And I hate English, so that made it really fun. So <laughs> Spell <cathartic>. this. Yeah. <laughs> no, just basically, just, yeah, like, oh, you want me to, like, read this text? No. Analyze um, this, buddy. Right. Like, no, the nurse wasn't wearing white because she was clinical and sterile. She was wearing white because that's a nurse. That's a... Sorry, that's, like, a real personal one. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so, back on point. We've all got issues. It's fine. <laughs> just that one thing. Yeah. So anyway, you're, dr- you're yeah, doing hi. this gig. He's an um, English teacher. Yeah. So for a while, it was really just fun. Just like went, spacked him as hard as I could. And I work with green, yellow, red pain hierarchy. So like green is totally fine. Yellow is like, eh, mm-hmm. like maybe a little bit too much, but I'm totally okay. And then red is just like, no, please stop. Right. So that's like a safe yeah. word thing. Yeah. And yeah. I could never get that part, guy past green. Like there's obviously safe words for other things, but that was just sort of like if I needed to gauge where he was, because... Mm-hmm. Especially when, like, you're sort of quite new to, yeah. like, our BDSM relationship. Like, mm-hmm. it's better to have sort of codes to get the gradients. Because when you're working with pain, you don't know if this is good pain or bad pain. It kind of gets messy. Yeah, you need that way for them to say, this yeah. is great. I'm just making loud yeah. noises because that feels fun. I'm crying because I enjoy it, not because it hurts too much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then basically, like, we kind of started getting on as friends really well. Mm-hmm. And it became sort of harder to get into the dom-sub mindset because we had a really good banter going on and like just would end up halfway through just cracking up laughing because of something someone said so we decided we'd try roleplay okay and first thing he did was like do you know who you look like joffrey from game of thrones which kind of do um (laughs) so rock up there and this really terrible british accent that like i'm never going to live down because i can't do accents and right. so, like, tried for, like, five minutes. He's just like, no, stop. It's bad. Um, but finally, managed to get him to yellow, though, because I was going so hard on this guy. I'd just seen one of the scenes in Game of Thrones where he and the prostitute um, oh. with the... It was ages ago. I can't quite remember can't what remember. happened. I can't remember. But I know that no. Joffrey was a horrific Yeah, so character. getting to play that for work was real fun. 
It's like acting. Yeah. Just like, it was just like, this is like, and because I really love those stupid gigs you get at work sometimes where like, they're like, I really want to like, this is my fantasy. And you're like, yeah, all right. And it's just effectively just acting for an hour and just mm. having so much fun. That's great. That's yeah. why I improvise because I get to be weird characters. <laughs> yeah. It was basically that, but was BDSM. Amazing. The time you were Joffrey. The time I was Joffrey. The time. The five minutes that you were Joffrey. Because then the, they went, please stop. The, just please, the five minutes that accent lasted. And then I went to just try to be Joffrey. But it was really fun because like the night before I just like spent like researching like things that Joffrey said in the show and just like reading being like, I'm going to get so many of these into this. You got none? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> then fails though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because you get those jobs every now and then, you're like, yeah, I'm so invested in this, like, mm-hmm. you want to tell your story? Yeah, should I keep... Yeah, no, I figured it out. Oh, right, go, go for it. <laughs> you're not even going to slam an ending on there? You're just going to... That's kind of the end. No, basically... Like, I tried to be job free, it failed. Yeah, basically. I'm not a good actor. <laughs> so, I thought of one that didn't make the show, and it's it's more funny on my behalf than anything a client has asked for. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit short-sighted, like, a lot. <laughs> And, oh my God. <laughs> and um, it. I had, uh, you know, it's, it's a nice booking. It's a dark room, a romantic environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the client had asked me to take my glasses off, so I had. Um, and in the brothel, we have little containers on the bedside tables, one of lube and one of hand sanitizer. Oh, no. Yeah, you see where it's going. Oh. Uh, the containers are both the same size and shape and texture. One is a slightly darker gray than the other. And when you're short-sighted and maybe in the middle of doing something and trying to look really sexy and professional while you do it, um, I ended up grabbing the wrong container and squirting. And it's just, you know, hand sanitizer is clear and it feels the same as lube. Mm. I grabbed and squirted a huge dollop onto my hand and applied it to myself and then just curled up into a ball. <laughs> and I was like, like, oh my grabbing the tissues and my client's like what the fuck am I a sand sanitizer sand sanitizer <laughs> panic stations and then I just had to carry on with the booking afterwards and I was like so how about we pretend that never happened and oh god and then I made an awful joke about oh now at least you know I'm clean oh no um and he was just like I wasn't thinking about that but now I am no oh, he was he was a really cool client and we've got oh, a really good really. rapport anyway and just kind of chat so it was okay for me to be dorky and oh, make that goodness. mistake it didn't ruin anything because yeah. we'd been it was quite a long booking and we'd been hanging out and chatting for a while anyway mm-hmm. but ouch Oh, man. <laughs> oh my god i'm clenching like i'm just sort of like oh, i know Jesus. i can't even tell that story without getting really physical and oh. curling and it was it was horrible oh, so that that's my funniest did you put labels on them after that well they they are <laughs> they are labeled but very discreetly right um so now i just make sure every time i go into the room i check because they've been which mixed around which? as well which yeah. side so i check which side is which mm-hmm. and and maybe just like do a little practice pump first. Right, way. Right. Yep, that's alcohol. Great, good. Carry on. Oh, lordy. That's so hilarious. <laughs> so that was fun. Mm. It's good that mm. they were, there was a good customer. Do you find that you have similar, like, um, customer service stories to people in other service oh, industries? No. But I mean, like, in terms of, like, like, when you have customers who are, like, 
really entitled jerks or the people oh, yeah. that are just really really lovely and keep coming back and yeah. are just well, really it, great customers it is customer service yeah you know hey. it's the same as hey. <laughs> the same as working at pack and save or whatever like you're dealing with the public you're dealing with people that you don't know who have different mannerisms so you know yes you're going to get entitled assholes yes you're going to get really friendly lovely people Mm -hmm. and you're going to get everything in between you're going to get angry people mean people happy people Mm. and your job is to provide them with a service yeah and and be pleasant and delightful and be pleasant and delightful but not be a complete pushover because some jerks need to be told yeah yeah Yeah. Mm. But I mean, most of the time they're they're paying quite a decent sum of money to Mm-mm. spend that time with us. So it's kind of counterintuitive them, for them to be assholes during the booking because then you've already got their money. <laughs> we've got their money. It's their time they're wasting, and it's you know, yeah. who's having a good time when you're being an asshole? No one. Yeah, like, and it's not like they they've bought your time and services. They haven't bought the right to be a, a dick. Yeah, but also you know, it's a it's a choice that people make. They they have to set aside time and money out of their own schedule. So mm-hmm. most of the time. The clients are happy to be there because why wouldn't you? Like, if you didn't yeah. want to be there, you wouldn't make the booking, you know? Yeah. So. Be like booking yourself a massage and then being like, sorry, I'm just going to text. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I'll put you there. Have your damn massage. <laughs> Chill out. So, um, so you guys are related to, so, sorry, the creation of the show. Are there more performers in the show or is it? Yeah. There's more performers? Yeah. Great. So we've got five in total. Five in total. Great. Yeah. And including us. Including, yes. I, I figured that was Good. what I meant. Just to make it <laughs> You two, plus three more. Yes. And, and what prompted making the show? Like, what was it that made you go like, you know what, we need to do a fringe show about this? I think that there are a lot of stories that go untold. Most of the time when you hear about sex work, either in the media or in other productions, it's the white middle class cis by choice sort of perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got gay male workers, we've got a trans worker, we've got um, doms, we've got people from different backgrounds mm-hmm. that sexual aren't sexual surrogacy, exactly. People that aren't usually represented in the media. I'm going to ask that what that is in a second. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and just viewpoints that don't often get told, mm. you know? So we thought it was important to give also, those stories airing. And also mm-hmm. trying to tell the more intense stories as opposed to the kind of surface level people are like really interested in like oh what's it like and the very you know like a lot of the books i've read about sex work are told from the middle class of choice cis female doing of her own volition i already said that one yay mm-hmm. but the stories is kind of things like i went to this booking and it was weird because he wanted me to put his my finger in his butt as opposed to the sort of nitty gritty and weird and the more extreme versions that we're kind of trying to tell. Right. So this show's going to have some more extreme stories. Oh, yeah. and not and not from... graphically extreme. We're not oh, going no. into detail about sex acts or anything, but okay. the stories themselves, it's more it's more real. It explores a lot of emotions. Um, mm. It's quite... A lot of the stories are very, very personal for many reasons. Um, one of our stories basically talks about a worker's entire history with addiction and how that's been impacted by her time in the industry mm-hmm. um so it's 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 a highly personal show and there's a lot of things in it that people won't know about us as people or as the sex industry in general mm. now you said sexual surrogacy you're better explaining it than i am <laughs> so. Uh, so 
A sexual surrogate is a person that provides sexual services to those with disabilities that oh. uh, either are not able to go out and you know have are not currently in a relationship or don't have a partnership or just don't have access to suitable partners, uh, whether that be for. <laughs> So yeah, you just no. gave me the weirdest look. <laughs> I was trying to knock um, off into the mic. Oh, nice. Yeah, so essentially <laughs> it's, it's just... Um, just being like, nope, no, you don't have to cough, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> so people who, people who, for one reason or another, are unable to find a partner. Mm. Correct. And, and what makes it different... And when, it's, when you say sexual surrogate, sex surrogate, sex, sexual, sorry. Sexuality. Um, what makes it different from just, I guess, a, a regular sex worker? Um, the more there is a lot well neither of us have done it so we can only talk from what we've heard or known yeah from other people but I would say it's there's more of an emotional and you've got to be a lot more careful almost this, yeah, yeah um, it's hard to it's kind of providing intimacy rather than yeah, just the sex it's, it's not just a physical booking and while a lot of you know our services provide intimacy as well but this is on a different level mm-hmm. But you also have to be, um, the sexual surrogate has to work in with a, a team of people, like the person's caregiver as well. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's more of a, a community involvement because they have to put strategies in place to make sure that there is no attachment issues, um, that all physical safety points are being met mm. at all times during the booking. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't have any experience with it personally. But we have someone who is experienced working in the show. Yeah. So yeah, basically come to the show and you can find out. <laughs> yes, yes, pitch, pitch, pitch. Well, there'll be there'll be booking links and such in the um, in the description and on the blog mm. and things, so we can direct people fabulous to those yes. bookings. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's so interesting. I was thinking about the um, the person struggling with addiction as well, because like, and, and I said before about the social stigma side of things. Mm-hmm. It feels like most of the people the problems that people associate with sex work come from the fact that people associate those problems with sex work and so stigmatize sex yeah. workers. Mm. So it's like this vicious cycle of like, maybe if you didn't like ostracize people when you found out they were sex workers or look down on them or disdain them or, or leave people with low options so that people who don't actually want to do it go yeah. into it, then there wouldn't be these problems. Like, yeah, there are, there are so many different levels yeah. that you could address the stigma problem from. <coughs> um, and it's just, it's, it's sort of overwhelming to think about. There are so many different ways that society could work to combat it, mm. but all of those would mean addressing some really deep-held, inherent beliefs within people. Yeah. You know, like their entire hang-ups around sex and their bodies and yeah. morality or their conceived notions of it. So, that's the- fun. <laughs> that's fun, right? <laughs> challenging people's very worldview. Yeah, because like for the most part, New Zealand is still quite a has the old style view of like sex is something done, you know, behind closed doors between a man and a woman in the missionary position. You roll over and think of England within um, the holy sanctum of marriage. Yeah, and like it's not something that is ever really talked about, mm-hmm. and so like. Well, not in the depth, the depth that's needed yeah, like, to, to have a better understanding mm. of this stuff. No, you're a wonderful human. Yeah. <laughs> what, are, there, are there any, is there anything else that you think, uh, oh, actually, how long, how much longer do you see your careers in this industry being? Is it, is it something that people sort of 
uh, do for a short amount of time and then move on? Are there lifers? Oh, both. Like, both? Yeah. A little bit yeah. of both? It's like any industry? I know people that have been in the industry for life in mm-hmm. one way or another. I know people that have done it for two months, got the cash and gone off overseas. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. Um, because you don't have to work in the sex industry, it doesn't have to only be physical. Yeah. You know, you can be running advertising sites, you can be running brothels, you can mm-hmm. be running stripper gram running companies. Running sexo or... or yeah. yeah, or you can be working in porn mm-hmm. as a producer, a director, mm-hmm. film, camera, whatever. Like, there are so many different aspects of the sex industry that are outside of the physical, mm-hmm. just having sex or dancing or providing services is probably a better term. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there are definitely people that work in it for life. I don't see myself exiting the industry anytime mm-hmm. soon because yeah. there's so much scope within it and because I feel like it's a really good fit for me. You enjoy it. Yeah, you I like it. it. It's a good job and, yeah, it mm. pays my bills very nicely. <laughs> That's really great. And what about you? Um, well, I don't really know. I'm just kind of playing it by ear. Like, mm-hmm. I love my job and I know there's sort of a finite amount of time that I can work until I get, you know, like, I'm not going to like be able to rock up to clients and like with my walker and just like have to take my teeth out first <laughs> before I go and see them. Yeah. Like, so I can't, you know. At some point, you. At may some point, to... I'll have to like move into a different capacity or go into like normal people lives. But. <laughs> but there's yeah. progression options. Yeah. Like, which I is can... kind of lovely to think about that there's yeah. there's actually options progressively to do something different. Yeah, like I can just sort of move into different facets of the industry if I want to, or leave like the only issue is like trying to leave it's real hard to make sex work well it's actually no it's a lie making sex work sound good on a cv is really easy (laughs) getting an interview from that really difficult turned out right so back to the stigma yeah basically like you say i've been in customer service for three years and i have hmm. a whole list of very satisfied clients and Hmm. these are the skills i've learned around time management and money handling Hmm. and social interactions Hmm. that's all so useful Hmm. yeah and then like when you'd be like, hey, I did it naked. They're like, oh, never mind. That bad. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Have you tried to get other jobs? Yeah. Um, did manage to get one <laughs> off telling them I was a sex worker, which was really great because I told them during the interview I hadn't put it on my CV. Right. And then, like, the first question after, which has been about, like, most of the interview talking to me about it and being really fascinated was, like, tell us of a time you've got above and beyond for a client. And I was just like, oh, Do you no. really want me to tell you that story? <laughs> I was like, I've got one from outside the industry if you need, but I also have so many great ones. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was great. Can you tell us a time you overcame a challenge <laughs> in the workplace? <laughs> oh, man. Did I turn for that phrasing right there? <laughs> but yeah, like, it is quite difficult. Like, one of the things NZPC does mm-hmm. quite often is how sex workers rewrite their CV mm-hmm. to basically avoid, you know, like, Instead yeah. of having a three and a half year gap on their CV, making it, yeah, yeah which is fill it with volunteer work or something like that. Yeah, like oh, I was traveling the world for <coughs> four years. Mm. Don't ask how I afforded that. <laughs> um, I have a lot of friends in a lot of places. Yes, I'm very good at being cheap. But I don't know. Um, <laughs> Whatever it is, but that's that's mm. a, that's a really helpful service to be like, hey, oh, yeah. you have a huge gap mm. in your in- employment if you want to leave these things out. So mm. yeah. let's make sure you can keep getting a job. They yeah. they do a lot of amazing things and they mm. really do help. And they're always you can always just pop in even if you've had a rough day at work or you just mm. need someone to talk about or something's happened that you're unsure about. Yeah. You can just go and speak to them and they'll put you if needed. They'll put you in touch with people that can help or advocate for you, or they'll just make you a cup of tea and sit down and listen to your rant. Um, and then there's all the practical side of things that they do as well, like the 
the CV stuff and the sexual health stuff and the, the legal advocacy and all of that. They're a really valuable service. They sound wonderful. And that's the New Zealand Prostitutes Collective? Correct. Great. Um, that is all so much awesome stuff. And I'm so fascinated. And I feel like I could keep asking you questions, but also I'm aware that, like, you know, the day is moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but if people want to know more, they can come and check out Paying For It. And it's on at the Fringe Bar. Um, so we've got... Our first showing is 15th of February at 8.30 at mm-hmm. the Fringe Bar, and mm-hmm. our second is the 24th of February at Ivy Bar, also at 8.30. Yeah. Tickets are $24 or 15 if you've got the Fringe Addict. 20, 20. That's 20, what I said, 20. 24. You it, said 24. What? Oh, did I say 20? Yeah. yeah. So, so tickets $20. are $20. <laughs> I meant 20. $20 yes. or yeah. 15 with a Fringe Addict. Yeah. Right. That. So 20 bucks, and there's only two performances. Correct. Yep, That's very, very small. But Well, um, we only had one and then we added a bonus show. Great. So Ivy Bar is the bonus show. Yeah. Great. Well, there's only two shows and I know that Fringe Bar is not a huge venue, so you should probably get in there and book. Hmm. Uh, and all bookings can go through fringe.co.nz. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's probably all the useful information. Mm. Um, but thank you so much for coming in. And uh, I hope the show goes really well. Thanks. And I hope you have fun. I really hope you ask get asked to do more um role-playing i do too (laughs) i don't get booked for many dom jobs just because of how i look but like they're my favorite shout out to your potential clients yep hey (laughs) i do a great job for you that was episode two of what's your jam with blair and satine what's your jam she says with a weird high-pitched voice um yeah, they were both really lovely. Um, I'm I'm hoping I can get along to one of their two performances. Only two shows, so make sure you check that out. Hopefully you're listening to this at a time where you can. And if not, then sucks on you. You missed out. But maybe they'll remount their show sometime. Uh, thanks very much for listening. We've got another episode tomorrow. That's how this works. Every day there is another episode. Uh, if you have any thoughts or feedback on, on how this is going, I would love to hear your feedback. You can contact me through the website or you can just say something on Facebook. We're on Facebook is um, What's Your Jam or on Twitter is at What's Your Jam NZ, I think. Um, look, you know what? If you visit whatsyourjam.nz, then you'll find all the right links to follow. But um, basically, if you have feedback, I'd love to hear it. If you just want to tell me that you love the sweet dulcet tones in my voice, I will also appreciate hearing that because that's always nice. Everyone likes positive feedback. Um, Hope you have checked out something in the New Zealand Fringe because it's been on for two days and you should go to something. Anyway, that's probably enough from me. Thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye. What's Your Jam is recorded in Wellington and is part of the New Zealand Fringe Festival 2017. Music by Robbie Ellis. Casual interference and support from Molly the Cat. Tea provided by Tea Leaf Tea on Manor Street. Jam expertly crafted by Bachmans. This show is hosted and produced by me, Jennifer O'Sullivan, and you can find useful links, more episodes, and suggest future guests by visiting whatsyourjam.nz. Thanks for listening.